Dozer, when you're done, bring the ship up to broadcast depth. We're going in. You have accessed the pirate signal. This is the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to The Deliberative, your premier podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, like he does most of the time, is Jim. How's it going, Corey? Hey, how's it going? And uh, Charles, is he was going to be here this morning, and he had a thing at the last minute, so we are looking forward for him coming back. On now, you, the can, next you one. can tell him the truth. You can tell him the truth. <laughs> the, the, the wild, the wild hunt has him. The wild, hunt. the wild hunt the has wild. captured him. That's right. The wild, yeah, you may have noticed some differences on the deliberative this morning. Uh, we've had, you know, had an interesting, we've had an interesting uh, series of events with the deliberative over the years. You know, we began the deliberative as just simply the deliberative back in 2017, 18, whatever that was. And then, you know, we were, we, we did that for a while. Then we were off for a while when we came back. We were the deliberative second breath. We had taken our second breath as exalts. But then, as as happens with a lot of celestial exalts, uh, after you've taken your second breath, at some point, the wild hunt comes for you. <laughs> and we are now entering into the third season of the deliberative anathema. Because <laughs> we have become anathema to the people at Onyx Path and uh, to a lot of Onyx Path fans and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? Honestly, that's fine with us. Uh, we, you know, we like to play the games where we're the Celestial Exalted on the run from the Wild Hunt. And so we might as well play those characters as we do our podcast. It's uh, <laughs> familiar territory at this point. Uh, although it's, you know, I, I, I still think it's kind of interesting how we got here to this place. Because, um, I mean, we, we are, I mean, we, you've, you've heard us say it all through the show. I mean, we're Christian folks. I, I was a pastor, you know, been, I've been, I have two degrees in, in theology, you know, like th we're the kind of people who like to sit around and talk about that kind of stuff. Just like we like to sit around and talk about exalt. However, I think we actually like to talk about the Bible and, 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 uh, theology and God more, but we don't typically do that here on the show. But of course, uh, you know, we, our show's like a clean rated show, you know, we're like, goody goody i mean we used used to be like christians that were doing things like this would be labeled like the goody goodies and uh <laughs> and then suddenly all of a sudden just uh it's like the world's like shifting and changing around out there there's all these new fads and new crazy stuff going on like we we're we haven't really moved anywhere. We've just been sitting here doing the same old stuff we always have, believing the same old stuff we always had. And now all of a sudden, uh, we've gone from being the goody-goody two-shoes to being the bad boys, which is weird. <laughs> it's like, it's so strange. It's like, it, it's like relativity, you know, like, is it the... Is it the road that's moving under the car or it's or is it the car that's moving, right? Well, this is one of those cases where we've stayed at the exact same place we always have been for, you know, decades. And the world has moved around us and suddenly we find ourselves in a place where we're considered bad boys. Um, and so we've been, we are, we are on the run from the wild hunt of OPP and all of those other 
folks out there. We've been banned from Discord servers, banned from people talking about us on, you know, unofficial exalted forums and things like oh, that. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's uh that's fine. We we don't do this podcast to um to make friends or to get product sales or make money or anything like that. We do this podcast because we enjoy talking about Exalted and we enjoy oh, hanging yeah, out yeah. together. We, we, we get nothing monetary. <laughs> I mean, we, we just want to talk about the game, try to help some people out and, uh, right. you know, yeah, we just, and we just enjoy sitting and talking to each other to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, we probably have more fun doing that than, than we do with any of the rest of it. But anyway, if you haven't listened to the last episode that uh, got us got us banned and all this kind of stuff, I wanted to clear up a couple of things there because, you know, we as we were talking about that, you know, you start talking about it in one way and then it can kind of, things can kind of get off the rail just a little bit. I, and I tried to communicate this during our last episode, uh, but I... <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that, that message was received and it was just like, uh, you're not allowed to say those things or if the message was not received. But, the you know, the main thing that we were complaining about on that or that I was complaining about, I don't want to I don't want to put these guys into the same boat with, with me. But, but uh, the thing that I was complaining about was, you know, I had put up an ad on the uh, Onyx Path thing, their, their official discord to look for people to be in our game. I told them it was going to be a Christian game and they shut down my post. And honestly, this is where I think there needs to be some clarification. I'm okay with them shutting down my post. They said, Oh, you were, you were not going to be inclusive of all people. You're absolutely right. I was not going to be inclusive of all people. I'm just not. If somebody gets on there and they start talking about, you know, how they, they want their character to rape animals or they want their character to, you know, have like a whole bunch of little girl concubines or whatever, like, no, I am not going to be open to absolutely everything. And one of the things that I was not open to was having somebody come on and, and make like a, a big deal about their characters being, you know, gay or bisexual and all this kind of stuff. It just wasn't I, I, like, I don't want that to be a part of my game. Uh, so, uh, you're right. If that, if that violates the, the standards for how people post things there, then fine. I mean, I, I probably, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say that is what they're doing. And then if somebody came on there and said that they only wanted characters to be gay and no straight people, that those people would be banned too. Uh, th that was kind of what people were saying. Oh, that would be banned too. They, they wouldn't let somebody do that. Okay, fine. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that's fine. So yes, I was, I was trying to advertise for a game, uh, in a way like, and I wasn't going to be accepting of just absolutely any play style. Uh, by the way, I would have been accepting of like a person who him, himself or herself, uh, says, well, I'm gay. Uh, okay. That's, that's, you can play with us. You just like, I don't want that. I don't want your characters to be doing that in the game. So, uh, that's, that's literally all there was to it. Then, it was the it was the discussion afterwards that got us into the most trouble i guess which is really weird because i was being told what christians have to believe in order to be welcome on the server and i was simply saying uh listen i've been a christian for 30 years and uh you know have all of this experience with it I, I i understand what christians believe and it's really it's rude it's in it's intolerant it's authoritarian and, it, and it's honestly, it's just downright evil to tell somebody that this is what you have to believe in your religion. I don't think they would do it to anybody else. They wouldn't tell a Muslim that they wouldn't tell Hindu that, uh, but they're, they feel just fine telling a Christian that. And so that's really where the rub was. 
And so uh, anyway, but because I spoke out against their treatment of me that way, that's that's when they decided to ban us everywhere. So uh, I guess, you know, hey, you you do you right. Uh, And we'll do our (laughs) own thing. It's just kind of weird. There's there's a there's a funny clip in a in a song by Lecrae back when he was good years ago uh, called Rebel. And he has this great clip by uh mark driscoll who himself was good back years ago like both of those guys (laughs) neither one of them are in a great place right now but uh but there's this great clip that i think like really it really sort of like hits where we're currently at here let me let let me let you hear this So yeah, so that I mean that's where we're, I mean it's like hey, well I guess we're rebels now because we read our Bible and stuff, but uh, you know whatever, uh, I'm I guess I'm fine with that. So well, we're I on the a, run, guys. I have a point of clarification to make here. What's your point of clarification? Here's the thing: we are not. I mean, I I know it says you know you're not being inclusive. We're not cutting out people. We're being yeah. particular about characters in and the content. game. Game yeah, characters yeah. and game content. Well, but you can understand what they mean when they're well, saying. Well, it's almost oh, like someone coming in and saying, "I only play sidereals," and you're like, "Well, we're not playing a sidereal game." Like eh, it's similar uh, to that. Although they it, would say that it's more a part of their like core identity or whatever, and so they want to bring that into their character. How, although I'll tell you right now, being a Christian is is 100. percent uh, I've never played a Christian core. character in yeah, Exalted. Yeah, never played a Christian character in Exalted. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's so when people are saying, "Oh, well, we're so we're so upset that you're, you know, that you won't allow some or like you're it's about who the person is." Well, I mean, this is who I am and I don't play that in my game, right? Yeah, that's so, like Christian Bale dressing up like Batman when he walks around everywhere. You know, it's like <laughs> he's Batman on TV. That's his character. You know, so I I understand some people just won't get that. They just, they just won't get it. Uh, but that's just where we're at and, it, and it's our game. So that's what we want to do. I mean, do, I don't think that they should have banned us everywhere for simply talking about that. I think that's, uh, that, that whole like cancel culture, which by the way, is really funny right after all that happened. Uh, they were doing like a question and answer thing on the Onyx Pathcast, And, uh, I can't, it, maybe it was Matthew or something was talking about, uh, how there's all, you know, or it could be Eddie now that he's in, uh, now that he's over in the UK, just talking about like, there's all new conspiracy theories over here in the UK. And, uh, and then Dawkins said something about, you know, cancel culture and lumping it in there as if that's like, that's some sort of conspiracy theory. Like that's a right wing conspiracy theory that cancel culture exists. I'm like, you guys literally tried try to cancel us this week. Like, you know, <laughs> like, how do you not see, how do you not see that you do this? Like, Oh, we don't agree with this person. Squelch them, censor them, cheered them. I don't want to hear their voices. La, 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 well, la, well, here, here's the one thing I got to say. I find it funny that, I mean, you've got, you've been banned from everything yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, like way back when, when like Facebook and stuff like that was just in its infancy, you built a white wolf fan page. Yeah, well, like for, you, I built one for each of the games. Yeah. 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 And, and white wolf actually offered you money 
for your page. Well, they, they gave me swag. They, they, they were you know, like, well, hey. no, they offered you money, and then you told them, well, just give me all your books. You know, and they sent <laughs> well, you a bunch of books. All the books. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't even be playing white wolf games if it wasn't for you you introduced it to you introduced me to you probably introduced charles to to you know white wolf onyx paths type yeah. stuff uh you're always active on the boards you recently just pointed out a mistake in their book when they had the wrong cast mark on a solar's forehead right. like you know you care enough about the game to like look for little things like that and then it's like now your voice is completely out of the forum it's like all right, guys, I was like being a free second editor to you on your products <laughs> right. because I care so much about the game. But if you if you don't want me to help, I'm not going to help there. But Exalted, the game of Exalted, it's bigger than me and you. It's bigger than this show. It's bigger than yeah. Onyx Path. I mean, because right. it, is a, it is a setting and a set of game mechanics that is your toolbox for your creativity and you right. can go out and create really great stories with no other game has this type of of like of, everything of, but the kitchen of everything sink. it's so yeah. it's everything <laughs> it's like japanese uh japanimation meets greek uh heroes and gods meets right. like all this stuff it's well you, you remember back in the day even in second edition the bible was even listed as a as a as one of the inspirations yes i remember yeah. that like the book of judges especially uh which book is of judges uh guys yeah. like uh samson and stuff like yeah. that you know othniel yeah yeah take an ox so. take an ox's uh jawbone or a donkey's jawbone and kill like 500 people with it it's cool. Yeah, but I mean, our, our goal here is to just is to talk about stuff as it comes out, yeah. uh, and to work through things. Like right. some some rules are, what was it? Creatures of darkness. We just found that yesterday. It's oh, yeah. mentioned so many times in the core book. They find, but it never really it. tells you what it is. But you have to go to the uh, what airs? Or, no, not airs. Uh, the Dragonblood Dragon book, yeah. and it's under the Golden Jandisari style. Uh, yeah, this is what a creature of darkness is defined as in the game. <laughs> so, if we find yeah. little tips like that, we bring it up. You know, we talk about. Yeah. It. So, I mean, you know, we we've said I think enough about all of this. I mean, we are going to rebrand the show in third in our third season. We're going to call this our third season now as Anathema. So we because to represent the fact that we are we are in this now this pariah space or whatever, uh, which is just kind of fun. It gives me an opportunity to use Midjourney to create a new uh, uh, album art for our for our show, which I always look forward to. So uh, you know, hey, that's but we're not going to talk about this mess anymore. We've covered this. Uh, if you, if you hate the way we tried to explain it, you don't hear what we're trying to say. You don't, you just, or you don't care. I, I like, we're done. We're not going to talk about it anymore. You know? Um, so we're from now on, just, we're right back to the exalted content, but I, I actually tell you what, you know, Jim and I were talking about this just a little bit yesterday. He said the same thing I was thinking, but like having this kind of a interaction, it actually kind of makes me want to do more of the deliberative rather than less. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so uh, welcome, welcome to the deliberative season three at Athema. Come, come along with us on this run from the uh, from the wild hunt, and uh, and as we get started, let's get right into the news. Yeah. 
So we do have some fun news since our last show. The Adversaries of the Righteous print-on-demand book is now available. I have it in my hands. It is beautiful. Uh, I, I was just reading through some of it uh, yesterday even. Just looking through. Ah, man, I love that. Um, uh, I wish I had my finger exactly. Like, but the uh, the one with the frog with the frog mech or the frog war strider. Uh, she's like a little, uh, like a dwarf girl who like sells weapons. She's an exigent of this God of like hidden arsenals or whatever. And then she, instead of hiding the arsenal, she's like gone around and now she's like a arms dealer to like the top bidder and has this awesome frog mech which, or frog. I keep saying mech frog war shark. Anyway, <laughs> super cool. The book, it just looks really good. looks good on the shelf. It does have the white spine. Like I figured it would. So it matches with the stuff from the core book. But uh, that's out now. We already know what's in that book, but you know it, now it's, it's it's available physically. As is the Facets of Truth Lunar Novella, and uh, so those those are both both available now. You can get print on demand if you like having it in paper, and I do. And uh, we also have a new. Uh, we've got a new novella that's like just like surprisingly came out in the last couple of days. The Surface Truths Dragon Blooded novella just got released to backers of the Dragon Blooded book. Did you get that email, Jim? Uh, yes, I did. But let, 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 let's do a little clarification here. Uh, let's just say that, I don't know, for argument's sake, uh, I've never heard the word novella used. <laughs> that that's like a fancy word for short story right yeah, well it's it's not it's between a short story and a novel so okay. a short story really tops out around ten thousand, fifteen thousand words i would say these are in like the 20 to fifty thousand word range and then you might start talking about a novel from like seventy five hundred thousand words uh when you look Novella. at them on the shelf i mean these are like these are like 88 page books you know versus like a 400 page book so definitely like an 88 page story is definitely not a short story like that that joker's gonna be it's gonna take you a while to get through it you know like i just wrote a short story that was six thousand words and i think it goes to like eight or nine pages something like that so uh when you talk about uh yeah like a novella it's it's gonna be what 10 times that length so maybe yeah 50 50 000, something i don't know Anyway, wow. it's just a, it's a shorter than a novel length. And I actually really like them. I'll tell you now, like at first I was like, why are they doing all these novellas? Like I want more books, but actually I like the shortness of it because you get through it faster and you can move on to something else. Yeah. So I'm reading through the uh, circle of protection novella, which is actually pushing the, it's actually pushing that, uh, that moniker a little bit. It's, it's edging a little closer to like novel length, but, uh, been reading the circle of protection novel and or novella. And it's, it's actually really good. Like I I'm enjoying that story quite a bit. Uh, I did find some differences between that story and the short story version that they did of it from, uh, from the other perspective in the short story collection, the exalted short story collection. Like they, like in the short story collection, it's set in the, uh, it's set in the, the blessed isle and the Imperial city. And then in the actual novella, it's set in great forks. And in the short story, it's a boy and a girl who are like on the run from this big monster that's going, gotten loose in the city. And in the novella, it's two girls. And I'm just like, I, I mean, I understand moving it from 
the uh, Imperial City to Great Forks because if, if something like this was happening in the Imperial City, the number of Dragonbloods that would descend upon it like instantaneously yeah. would be huge. Yeah. So setting it in Great Forks makes sense. Like they should never have set it in the Imperial City to begin with. But it's but it's like I would want to go back and change the short story to fit. You know, I mean, it was years ago that that was released. You could just go in there and change a couple of things, like search for Imperial City, replace with Great Forks. You know, but anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It is a little weird, though. It's it's weird. It's like this is the same characters in the same event, but it's it's like slightly different. Like what? But anywho. But I, there, you know the the thing with the novellas, there, there's a lot of them right now that are moving through the uh, their progress report. Like if you go look in there, they have all kinds of novellas coming down the pipeline uh, for Exalted, which I think is great. I, like I said, I'm loving these things. It well, really you gets have, you in the you mood. You don't have to wait on artwork. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They don't have to wait on the artwork and the layout. So that's probably why they're just busted through this thing. But. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm I'm waiting now for Surface Truths to come along so I can get the POD and add it to the collection. But um, good stuff, good stuff. Also, uh, Crucible of Legends. If you've been watching that go through the process, it, it actually looks like it's getting pretty close. They say all the art is in. They've sent it to layout. Josh, whoever that is, has got a hold of it now, and so he's working on the layout. Uh, and and even just very recently on the last update, I think they said that they've got all the map art contracted for across the eight directions. So that thing is moving forward as well. And um, anyway, pretty cool stuff, man. Got got some stuff to look forward to. However, after I think Crucible of Legends and uh, across the eight directions come out, we are going to hit a dry patch here because, well, now Rich did say that they, they have not, they, they don't like to talk as early about books that are coming out as they have in the past, because it, you know, like you've said before, Jim, you know, you watch a preview for a movie five years before it comes out and people lose yeah, interest. You, you, yeah. It, so it runs out of they, steam. Yeah. It runs out of steam. And, and clearly, you know, crucible legends and adversaries of the righteous go into that category. It's like, how long have we been talking about these books? It's insane. Well, it felt like a uh, hundred, hundred devils and, um, adversaries, adversaries were, it felt like they would come out pretty close to each other, but there was a, there was a, a gap. There was a yeah. gap between those two books, yeah. which I understand, you know, yeah. um, you know, you want to have, you don't want to drop two books at the same time where they compete with each other. You can put a little time. I just want to, I want to get a hint of what's coming next. I mean, like after we get done with crucible legends and adversaries or crucible legends and across the eight directions, like all that's left are like exigence, sidereals, abyssals, infernal. Like it's, it's just the main splats. Like I want to know like what else is in the pipeline. I mean, I know we have like the companion books, you know, um, many face strangers for lunars. The, yeah, I'm waiting uh, on that one miracles of the whatever for the exigence and you know whatever the the sidereals thing that's going to have like a whole bunch of like 13 new martial arts in it and all that kind of stuff. i mean those books are great and i'm really looking forward to those but i i also want to know like what else are you planning on are you going to do a book on mances like like something like volume what was it three awadnal's codex what was that was that volume three of uh the the if you uh, books can't of sorcery remember, second edition i can't yeah remember. that was such a great book we need something <laughs> like that for for second edition or third edition um, you know, like, are, are we going to get a book on spells that, you know, I, I feel oh, like something well, yes, like that. We start, need that. We need that. Yeah, I'm we designing need a, a sorcerer right now. And it needs to come out about the time of abyssals or after, because abyssals will introduce the whole necromancy. Necromancy. Thing. Then we need a, which, yeah. Then we're yeah. going to need a big spell book full of, uh, you know, the white treatise and the, and the black treatise. We're going to need both of those. So anyway, so cool stuff. Stuff's coming down the pipe. Um, 
get some of these novellas if you haven't gotten any yet because they are they are pretty pretty good yeah the cool uh, thing about these for... things is you see how other people uh you know how how they view the certain exalts and then you can yeah. see in the story how the character some of the powers and situations they do and you can incorporate that into your game like oh yeah. i never thought about dragon bloods like that which yeah you know that's cool i'll tell you right now circle protection would do you good man it's about a group of siderials who are checking out some black flag exigence uh, uh and it, it rocks you'd love it you'd love it <laughs> you'd want to play them anyway all right well let's we we have got some some lights on the message message machine this morning and we will get to those in a minute but first i want we're going to have a discussion about a very interesting new location that has been added to third edition and that is the location of fajad it, like i said brand new in third edition Unless I'm just somehow missing it through second edition and first edition. I did go looking. I didn't see it anywhere. I'm like, man, this is such a cool place. Did this not exist before? No, it doesn't look like it ever existed before. Uh, there's a little bit of like a gradual revelation of this location. Like as the books have been put out, there's one mention in the core in on page 107 it says it's on a coastal road in the north. And that's kind of all they say about it. And then in the dragon blooded, what fire is wrought book on page 38, it, it says that they are exceptionally allowed to practice their indigenous faith. Un unlike a lot of the other uh, satrapies like that get, the, the Immaculate Order comes in and stamps out their indigenous faith. Fajad has this like special, uh, special kind of allowance from the Empress to practice their their old faith, which is kind of interesting. And uh, and, and we're also told in the Dragon Blooded book that a sorcerer Akadar sits atop his tower there, where no dynast has set foot and survived. So, kind of an interesting tantalization mm -hmm. of what might be going on in this place. And then it gets its own section in the realm and uh, some very, very cool stuff there. We'll get to most of that in a second. There is a tiny little mention of, uh, of it in an artifact write up in Heirs to the Shogunate on page 161 of that. But the main juice of like where we get all of the information about the uh, about Fajad is in the realm pages 152 to 156. So if you if you've not had a chance to get into looking at Fajad yet let me let me just uh let me encourage you to do so because it is some very cool stuff there I'm really hoping that we're going to get more in across the eight directions but maybe not because they've said they want to detail new locations that they haven't already detailed in across the eight directions so so Corey for, uh, what I want to do real quick is I, I want to kind of talk about where where this city is located oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you are on the Blessed Isle on the the huge Imperial Mountain and you go pretty much, uh, I would say like 10 o'clock, head that direction, yeah. like northwest, it is basically in the snowy area of the north. I think the uh, the exalted map tool says that it's um, it's about a five days uh, merchant ship ride from Wujan, uh, northeast. So that's mm. kind of where you're sitting there. It's like the last big spot before you get like into the open, vast ocean of the west. And mm. uh, it's in the snowy area, but there's some, it's like, well, you know, don't these people freeze to death? There's some really cool things that we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about in that's this right. city that keeps that from happening. 
Yeah, yeah, very cool, very fantastic location, uh, which I actually like a whole bunch. You know, when I'm looking at places to set games or to visit in games, because we talked about that before, how I like to visit the the cool detailed locations. I don't usually like to set a game there. You know, I like to get there, see all the cool stuff, and then go back somewhere else. But uh, but it's it's a, I, I always choose the locations that I think are like very fantastic. You know, this is wow, how cool is like you know our one story that we're getting ready to finish up right now. It started in the city of Volovat, which is like you know at the bottom of of the Dreaming Sea, and it's this sunken city with these huge walls that hold back the water. And and uh, anyway, you know, it's like wow, this is really cool. They have these special engines that pump all the stuff. Out. So I really like those high fantasy, like high fantasy, high magic. Uh, type of cities and Fajad in its area is very much like that. But one of the most provocative parts of the whole location of Fajad, and I think it's what we probably need to talk about first, because this is this defines this place more than just about anything else, is right. that these people believe that there is only one God. Uh, so they, you know, and, and they understand that there are all these spirits and everything that influence creation, but they believe that there is only one creator God and so they're monotheistic and in that way they sort of represent christians jews muslims in the world of exalted and uh so you know that what's interesting so i guess the question is how how do we feel about this like what in a, in a world where we're where we have in a world where we have been <laughs> told that there are all of these gods that are in heaven they've been created by the primordials they take care of all these various things they have all this power whatever uh so you know we're, we're essentially being told that polytheism is the name of the game in creation how do we feel about there being like one group of people who say, nah, there's just one God. And I guess they would say what? That, well, I don't know how much of like the official history of the world the these Fajadi people uh, are aware of. Like, do they know that there were these primordials slash ancients that uh, created the world out of chaos? Do they just not believe that that happened? Uh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they think, no, Malpheus hell is not the body of a fallen ancient um, that's where the true God sends people to, to, for torment, you know, uh, maybe they don't believe in, uh, that heaven is, is inhabited by all these spirits and stuff like that, that it's just one God overall. So, yeah, I guess that's the question is you know, like, are they right? <laughs> are they right? Or are they deluded? So one think? thing I noticed, and I don't think I've noticed it anywhere else in in third edition, this is the only place where when they refer to their God, they capitalize the G. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was weird. And they um they they have a series of prophets and they hold to a scripture, like they have writings that they hold to. Right. And um it's it's neat because the dragon blood's kind of occupy this area but they l allow them to worship their religion they don't like push the immaculate order very hard here because right. they don't want like uprising it almost gives you a feeling of like rome occupying israel you know like yeah. okay just let them do their thing because you know they're so um so devout that if you try to force them to like give up their belief and and uh, and pay tribute to the uh, immaculate order where they spread the prayers out amongst all the gods these right. guys 
will just fight you tooth and nail and die and there will be yeah. nothing left so well, just let them do their thing it's right. pretty much what the uh dragon bloods do but but you also i think you think about it from the perspective of the dragon bloods of the immaculate order if these guys are if they believe that these guys are wrong right that there is no capital g like one god overall kind of a thing if these guys are wrong and every indication from the from all of that we know about how the universe works and exalted it kind of seems like they are wrong right but if they're wrong they're offering worship to a god who doesn't exist and the immaculate order is like well you know that doesn't set these that doesn't set any god up to be like you know challenging the order or anything so i guess go for it you know but if you (laughs) if you create a i don't know in the exalted universe if you create a god and offer it worship does it manifest because what's interesting is they don't really lack of worship will cause a god to to starve yeah to to just like dissipate yeah um so if you know it's like okay like like um let's say a widget is just invented and it's like you know what there's a god for these widgets and we're gonna pray that all these widgets work does that God now manifest? Do they elevate someone in heaven to be the yeah, God that, of widgets? According to the Sidereal's book, that's what they do is they like assign another God in heaven right. to, to take it over. And then when something dies out, that God like loses their job and they move down to the slums because they don't get any worship anymore. So, um, so yeah, they, from what you, from what you can kind of understand about this, it's, it, it's not like there's a God that fits their bill, Right. Like, like there isn't some being in Yushan that's like, I'm the one that the Fajadis call God, you know, uh, or but they there? do have these prophets <laughs> and the, the prophets are spiritual beings and the prophets receive by spiritual beings. I mean, they are like the little G gods, like the spirits that, uh, that in, inhabit Yushan and that kind of stuff. They're just like all the other ones. Right. But they, so they're essentially kind of receiving worship from the Fajadi these like five six however many of these prophets that they have and these things are cool like like you know they're like tiger-sized hounds and like a guy with a a salmon head and uh you know just like weird things like that it's weird it's like a it's like they 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 created like this monotheistic culture but then brought back like a polytheistic culture cultural trappings with these different um with these different prophets you know so it kind of has a hindu feel uh some of it reminds me of like egyptian uh polytheism you know where the different their different gods had it's different got a little buddhism in it too because yeah, yeah. they break they break the cycle of reincarnation and allow that's right mortals yeah. to go to paradise yeah that's so. that's another thing about this is that they don't believe in reincarnation but they hold that their god welcomes the righteous to paradise breaking the cycle of reincarnation so they actually i mean you know, I, I i guess maybe I, we would say that it's not that they don't believe in reincarnation i i said that you didn't say that you said it right that they that they are breaking the the cycle of yeah it says um um on their own mortals cannot escape the labyrinth of reincarnation only the prophets can lead them into the light of paradise right and uh paradise does not have a a a write-up in the yeah but it is capitalized so it's a place yeah it's what they believe right but then again it comes down to this question like are they are they right you know 
And it, and it seems like from all of the setting information, everything else that we have is that, no, they're not right. That this is some sort of like uh, delusion. And I guess that the, that the, the prophets, these spiritual prophets that they, they sort of revere are, are just what selling them a false bill of goods. Well, that's uh, funny that you mentioned that too, because they have a method of testing prophets to determine mm-hmm. whether or not they're false. And I guess it goes by the scripture that right. was handed down at some point in time. Yeah, because they have this like uh, a progressive scriptural revelation, you know, where it's been added to over time by the various prophets. Very similar uh, to like what what uh, Christians believe about you know the the scriptures that you know the the Jewish people beginning with Moses that they wrote these books and then over thousands of years like more were written and then you get to the New Testament era the apostles are writing things you know and so it's like you're this this scripture is progressively uh coming to pass but but there you know how do you determine that one book belongs to scripture and one book doesn't I mean clearly if some if if it uh, is you know usually it's like who wrote it you know, is it a, is it a prophet that speaks, thus saith the Lord? Is it an apostle that is given the keys, you know, that's, that's told like on, I'm going to build my church on you. Jesus says to the apostles. Yeah. So like, that's how it's like, who wrote it first of all, but then also, uh, how has it been received throughout the centuries, throughout the millennia and the truthfulness? Like is, is, does it contradict with the other things or is it, or is it, uh, in line with the other things, you know? So there's a really complicated process in reality for how, how these things are, are determined and it seems like they have a similar process in Fajad with how all of that is determined. Yeah, you know, a lot there's a lot of talk here about uh the relation between these Abhari. The Abhari are the the name of the uh the prophets, you know, they they create this Abhari creed is like the name of their scripture, their Bible or whatever. And there's a lot of talk about the relationship between the Abhari and the Immaculate Order that brings up another good question, I think, in that we know, I mean, think about this. We know that the Immaculate Order is an artificial religion created by Sidereals to, uh, to keep little gods in check and to keep people uh, believing and functioning a way that, uh, that they want them to. You know, it's a, it's a method of control. I told you they're always society. controlling. I don't like them, Sidereals. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, anyway, no, the Sidereals are great, man. If that religion is fake, is artificial, then could there be real truth to the Abhari Creed? You know, is, and I guess it's something that you decide in your own game, but it's just interesting. The other like main religion is made up. It is based on things that are, that happen in reality. You know, the fact that there are these various gods who do compete for worship and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and it, and it, you know, is talking about the spiritual, uh, the, the immaculate order deals with like the spiritual pedigree of various people. They put the dragon bloods at the top saying that they're like, they're kind of like the end goal of reincarnation is that you'll reincarnate as a dragon blood. It's, but we, but all of the, all of the doctrine and the thinking behind this was, was artificially created to do something right. So the Abhari creed, if it is, if you decide in your game, I guess that it is actually true, then maybe there was this, uh, you know, capital G creator type God who maybe formed the primordials. Maybe he started the whole created the wild 
and uh and and all of these ancient things were just his his sort of like ministering spirits that went about doing various things. I, I don't know how you would mesh all this stuff together. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you, you know, you don't want to get it too close to reality or you start, you usually end up going off into some heretical directions if you get a little too messed <laughs> up with that. But, but uh, anyway, it does, it does present a very interesting, a very interesting uh, situation there. But yeah, the, the other big part, Tell us about the other big part of the setting there, Jim. Let's talk about, you know, I would say let's talk about the elephant in the room, but let, let's talk about the, the thousand foot needle in the room, <laughs> yeah. which basically there's a thousand foot um, stone um, structure that jets out of the landscape, but you find out that it's actually put there by a sorcerer who has pinned a behemoth into the ground like this yeah i guess he summoned this big giant um stone spear or broke it <laughs> off of some giant mountain somewhere and like shot it from the sky pinning this behemoth yeah that's what it it reminds me ground. of like this idea of the rod of god uh you know that they talk about like dropping uh like tungsten pillars from orbit you know uh, another word that, that they use for it is orbital kinetic bombardment. Uh, that that and there's even a book. Interestingly enough, there's a book by Neil Stevenson called Anathem. Huh? How interesting is that? Right? This is our first episode is Anathema. Anyway, uh, a <laughs> book by Neil Stevenson called Anathem, where they drop these rods from space. You know, like they're they're in this like huge spacecraft up there and it just drops it. It's like a telephone pole. It's like a tungsten telephone pole. This is like an even bigger version of that. It's like a basalt monolith that's a thousand feet high that was like orbitally dropped spearing this behemoth. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, this behemoth is it seems like some kind of like I don't know, I for lack of a better term, it's almost like the uh I picture it's similar to the big demon in uh, in Lord of the Rings that Gandalf oh, yeah. fights. Yeah, but, the Balrog, but, but much bigger, bigger, because this thing is like even. I guess I don't know if it's dead. I think it's dead. No, it's not dead. It's not dead. They say okay, it's still alive. It's still alive, but it emits this heat that melts all the snow in the area. So there's actually farmland in the north. Yeah, but the creepy thing is, is uh, these people are like mining this behemoth. Yeah, like That's extracting so cool. like its blood and selling it for sorcerers' workings and membranes, stuff like, its uh, bones, its skin stuff, like its uh, quills or whatever. Like, yeah, they mine it. It, it reminded what, what me so much. What did you compare it to? What did you yeah, compare the, it to? In the Guardians of the Galaxy, when yeah, they that's they it. have like nowhere where is like the giant head of a celestial that they're all just like mining his spinal fluid and brain matter and all this kind of stuff. It, that's like what they're doing to this pyre vein behemoth. They have caves, mines down underground where they're digging into this still living body of this thing. And then they're selling this material as like, you know, super costly, super rare, like uh, reagents and spell ingredients and all that kind of stuff. It would be a perfect use in your game if somebody needed like a really, really like, let's say they were, they were going to create an artifact, like a five dot artifact. And part of the creation of that artifact was you're going to send them on a, on a MacGuffin chase to go get the thing that they need to like 
you know, turn this spear into like the true spear of like flaming death or whatever, you're going to need to get one of the quills of Pyrevein, you know? And so you travel to Fajad to, in order to get down in the mines and get one of these things to add to your artifact. So uh, yeah. very, very cool stuff. You know, the fact, like, like Jim was saying, the fact that it like melts the snow around, even snow as it's falling, just kind of like melts in the sky. And it, they have this nice green area with hot springs that, that come up. Yeah, it makes you wonder how, how the, uh, the miners get this close to this thing. If it's yeah. so hot that it can melt the snow of it's an entire cool. city. You know? and, and this is the, you know, the, the interesting thing, uh, when you're creating like fantasy locations and elements, just taking two neat things and smashing them together is like really fun. There's a, there's a card game that we play at our house called smash up where you, you have all these different, you got all these different like types of things. Like you got zombies and aliens and, and little princesses and cats and, and uh, my little ponies and robots and all this stuff. And you take two of them and you smash them together and you shuffle it up and that's your deck. And uh, that, that seems to be one of the best ways to create some of these fantastic locations is to take two things that are like really different and smash them together and see what you can make out of it. And so like the, the just the fact, like just a place where they had a, a living, breathing behemoth pinned under the ground. That is like a, that's made of flame and heat that keeps the cold back of the North. That would have been cool in and of itself. Right. But you smash that up with this whole like monotheistic weird religion with these strange prophets that create a weird scripture thing. And it really makes this place just awesome. I mean, I was blown away when I read this the first time. I don't know which developer uh, put this together, but it is good. Let's smash something else in there. What's that? Let's talk about what's on the other side of the needle. Oh, the guy who lives at the top? Yeah, there's a guy that lives at the top of the needle. <laughs> yeah, Akadar. Uh, yeah, he is... He's rumored to be a lunar. Uh, we, I mean, I guess you could decide in your own game if he's a lunar or not, but that's definitely... The, that seems to be sort of the default setting is that he is this massively powerful lunar. He absolutely hates the realm, which is very interesting because Fajad is a satrap of the realm. Like, it's one of their... It's one of their satrapies, you know. But... It's said that like no, no dragon blood has ever like set foot on the spy on the needle and lived, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, you've got this like enemy of all dragon blooded kind who may have, he may be like uh, been alive since the usurpation, you know, uh, he seems to have that level of power, but, uh, he's just sitting up there. And I mean, he definitely has an impact on he's the got government some power. He's the one that yeah. summoned the needle. Yeah, and so. people don't want to mess with him. I mean, you think about a celestial level sorcerer; he could, he could like absolutely destroy that place if he wanted to. I mean, we know what they're capable of, but uh, so yeah, they have to kind of you know dance on eggshells around him a little bit. But he's all the way up there at the top of the spire, so it's not like, uh, yeah, it's it's not like he's gonna but come down and get himself. The, the write up also says that he may be the one responsible for holding back some other things that they don't even know as a threat yeah. to the city, like stuff from the wild and things of yeah. that nature. But it also makes a perfect place to, uh, to flee to. If you are, if you're on the run, uh, you know, oh, if yeah. you're an anathema, you want to go see this guy. If you're in this area, you want to go talk to him. He would be a yeah, great they say like, mentor. Several lunars visit 
uh, visit the top of, you know, and he converses with them. So why yeah. wouldn't a newly uh, mint, I guess newly minted, I don't know what the word is, yeah. uh, a, a new group of solars. Like, oh, yeah. I haven't seen your kind in ages, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Stay yeah, a while I mean, he, and listen. he would make a great, you know, we are always looking for when we're setting up like a new game, like, you know, uh, I know Jim's done this before. I've done this before. It's like a boss, you know, like here's somebody who can give your group direction. Like, here's what I need you oh, to yeah. do for me. You know? Yeah. And sometimes good it's like hurting off. cats trying to yeah. bring a yeah. party together. Yeah, exactly. So having somebody like this, you know, this like, you know, and, and all the, all of the old uh, remaining lunars can kind of serve this function you know leviathan or um uh mahasuchi you know the the black lion uh shaoka out in the call i mean like all of these like ancient people like this can serve this function but this guy just seems really cool you know big awesome sorcerer dude sitting on top of this needle so and what if you get up there and you find out he's not a lunar like he's yeah. something else and that, I, that's what i love about third edition is they it leave that, that wiggle room you can yeah. do whatever you want yeah, he's, he's rumored to be this, but if you want him to be something different, maybe he's a solar that survived the uh, the usurpation, and he has access to solar level sorcery. You know, I mean that could be the case, and everything would still fit. He could still be visited by lunars and stuff. It's just like he's just a big solar up there. So anyway, this is a super cool location. If you haven't uh, looked into it yet, you should. You know, like uh, you know, you owe it to yourself to go look at this awesome stuff gives you a lot of good ideas for adventure writing or just even to just be a cool place to visit during another adventure but uh i love it i love it and i can't wait for across the eight directions to fill out creation with a thousand more places like this although i think yeah. they said it was gonna good be like spot 40. to bring your sorcerers and crafters on an adventure to get some of that precious membrane that's down oh, there oh yeah get that good <laughs> stuff so very cool stuff well, all right. This uh, we actually have had quite a few messages on the machine over here, and uh, some I think all of them were submitted before we were like super banned by everybody. So uh, hey, don't hold it against these people that they that they send in messages because they're they come from a long time ago. Uh, we just haven't gotten around to it because we keep forgetting. You know, in the new schedule that we keep, where we yeah, kinda... we'll enact our defend other action. We'll take yeah, them. defend other. Yeah. <laughs> don't these people? They don't belong in. The, you know, they're not anathema like us. Don't treat them as such. You do but, defend uh, other. I'll do hold at bay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Gaming right. terms. Hi guys, Arimetheus here. Just listening to your thoughts on the abuse of power as an exalt. I was thinking, what would happen if you somehow tied gaining limits to spending essence or expressing solar power that you ever have that very, very literal idea of power corrupts? So something like if someone ever uses a full excellency's worth of essence or something, they have to roll limit. Or if they reach bonfire anima, they have to roll limit. Or if you want it to be particularly severe, if they ever go up in anima stages beyond dim, they have to roll limit because that then ties them to they're using their godly power and that godly power is infusing them, corrupting them and making them into something else other than human. But I'd just be curious to hear your thoughts on that as a way of both getting Limit into the game more and as a way of expressing the problems of power. Cheers, guys. Bye. All right. Well, actually, I think this is a this is a phenomenal question slash um, suggestion. Oh, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate the question, Arimetheus. Yeah, it's thank very good. For, and also, thank you. 
I will I will also say he kept his he kept his message to precisely 59 seconds. So I mean that is that is I mean that's good stuff right there. Yeah, so uh thank you Aramithius for the question and suggestion. And actually I love this. I love what what he's suggesting that the, that you you tie limit to the the grandiose use of the power. He suggested, you know, like if you go full excellency, that does happen quite a bit, but then you would have to think about that. Do I want to go full excellency if I know I might have to roll one die of limit, you know, possibly or going to like bonfire anima. I definitely think those are good. If you just turned those things on like right away in your game, uh, I like in our, I, I think about it in our game and the pace that we play and the kind of ways, you know, when people use essence and stuff like that, I don't think it would, I don't think it would add a lot to our current limit totals. I think we got somebody at three, somebody at four, somebody at one, somebody at two. I would say those, like those would go up one each, you know? So it's a good, this is a very good mild suggestion, depending on how your people play. If you're, if you're playing a game where you are just like fighting constantly or, yeah. you know, it, then you, you may see it go up faster than this. Uh, if you do a lot of just like talking and role playing and setting up settings and just like living a day in the life of the exalt kind of things, which is, we do that a lot in some of our games, uh, you won't see as much of it. So it just, it's going to depend on your play style. But uh, ultimately, I think that's I think this is a really great suggestion. And I think in future versions of the game, this would be a great thing uh, to add to it. And maybe even, you know, some really powerful charms. Just go ahead and include like don't include a limit cost like it's going to cost you one. point Yeah. Limit. Yeah. That, but yeah, that's but what include I was a limit roll like roll one die to see if you get a limit. If, if you add limit every time you use this super powerful charm, you know. That that, yeah, that that seems like it would be. I don't know. I don't know why you don't see that in charms. Like, well, we saw it a little bit in Exigent, in the yeah, Exigent's book with but, the Umbral Exalted. Yeah, exactly. But like in yeah. in you know third edition, like you use this massively powerful, game breaking charm. Yeah, there should be uh, there should be a little bit of a cost, and it should be more than like three motes, one willpower, and two initiative. Or yeah. yeah, that's that's a heavy cost, but roll limit three times when you use this. Like, whoa, yeah. this is a game breaking, world altering charm. Do yeah. I really want to pull, you know, the 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 hydrogen bomb out here? Yeah, but you may and, have. And you to. could even attach it to certain things. Like I know there are like multiple attack charms, things that let you attack multiple people. You could say that like, if you use this charm to hit more than three people, you know, roll a limit die. Yeah, you could even mm. attach it to like certain, you know, certain ramped up uses of that power. Uh, you could also do like I, just in a game that we were playing yesterday, my dragon blood uh, took a battle group down two size, two size uh, markers, whatever you call it, two points of size in one attack. And, you know, which is it's represents like you just killed a lot of people, you know, uh, something like that uh, could be something that triggers limit as well. Like, you know, put it if you ever if you ever drop a if you ever drop a, a battle group in size by a certain amount i don't know how much you want to do that because you, so, you just don't want so to tie you don't want to tie as, it to everything right rules as written limit is a measure of stress self-doubt and mental instability yeah so does this fit the uh the great curse that was given to the exalts yeah it, it fits I, I think it i think it fits better into like the aberrant 
uh, you know, the Trinity continuum aberrant way of thinking where it's like the more I use this power, the more the, the less human I become. Me. Yeah, it's its version of limit, which I uh, is is called something different, but its version of limit is like absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the limit that we see in Exalted, and thanks for pointing this out, Jim, but yeah, the limit we see in Exalted is a little bit more of like a, it's like a sin kind of a thing. It's self-doubt. It's, it's, uh, it's bringing in like this brokenness (laughs) into a person. And, uh, so, so yeah, you would, you would need to make a decision, I think of, you know, what you exactly want limit to represent. Cause like you gain it in, in exalted third edition by betraying your intimacies, uh, which that makes a lot of sense. You know, if this is the person you love most in the world and you just betrayed them, you lied to them or you did something behind their back that hurt them. Uh, that's causing you to get closer and closer to this like massive catharsis thing. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, the way, the way I like doing limit in, uh, our current game is I have a lunar that hates seeing bullying and public shaming of the week. But I also yeah. kind of like wrote this. It, it's, it's kind of my doing. It's, it's just me role playing. He's got this character flaw where people that he views are not on his level he is very impatient with when they don't you know when when they don't conform to what he's thinking right and he he is um prone to actually bully turning into the bully yeah you know like calling (laughs) them mortals and what is your you know why should i listen to you so right. he actually does the bullying, which he hates so much. That's how I kind of yeah. uh, build that, uh, it, you know, as a role-playing mechanic, build that in. And, and it, that's just something as a player I put on my own character because it, yeah. it's fun. And I think that that, I think that that really is the way, the way to do this the best. I, I think we talked about this before. It seems like in The Limit, there's some of it is like storyteller-directed. You know, if you set your limit up, so anytime anybody calls me ugly, that's what my daughter has in, as her limit trigger in, in our game. Any, anybody ever, you know, asperses that I'm ugly, it, I have to that, I have to roll three dice limit trigger, you know. Uh, well, that's on the storyteller. I can call her ugly anytime I want and get her to roll three dice. And then there is like the more internal thing where it's like every time I do this to myself or th- – then I have that's a limit trigger. And so I think the way to design this is to stay away from the ones that are storyteller created, yeah, or story storyteller driven, and try to make some that you drive as a character. And that that makes it more similar to what the dragon bloodeds have, where they are they are trying to express the great curse in order to get an expression bonus. Uh, and so, you know, if you, if you as a character can put a, like this flaw, this, this, um, emotional flaw into your, into your character that will drum up some limit sometime just to let you be able to play with that system because it's fun to play with, then I think that's better. The only problem is it, it's like in dragon bloods. It, it, we talked about this before when we talked about this in dragon bloods, it's incentivized because you get XP for doing it. Yeah. And I think we with should solars do and lunars. It's de incentivized because you, you could potentially like destroy relationships and all kinds <laughs> of other things. Yeah. I think that if a, a solar or a lunar intentionally, the player makes themselves roll limit. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that should be, 
yeah just count it as an expression bonus yeah Yeah, that that's my xp my two my two little xp for this game and you will get so much more good role playing and like player driven stuff if you incentivize limit rolling you could speed your characters toward limit break and, which and, would then just turn the whole okay, game look, into a circus. We we have to have that actually happen in a game to determine if that's a yeah. good or bad thing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for the question and the suggestion, Aramithius. That was uh, that's some good stuff. Definitely worth thinking about. And now let's see. We have another message over here. This guy, he's he submitted these a couple of months ago. And I... <laughs> Just forgot they were here. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I'm pushing the button now. We're going to take a look at the at one of these. And he sent some more, and we'll look at those at a later date. Hey, guys. This is the Don. Uh, I wanted to continue to follow up on your discussion in regards to, like, the abuse of power, the bronze versus the gold. And I admit this is one of my favorite things about Exalted is how characters evolve with having these powers. And how do they see themselves in regards to that? Do they embrace their godhood and their belief that, yeah, Heaven's Mandate handed the keys to the world to me? I am above everybody else. Or do they ground themselves as mortals? I think the best thing about it is to always is to base a lot of your adventure on the character development of people realizing just how strong they are. That that essence fever drives them to do things, to change things, to really evolve the world and then at the end of it when they you force them into a spot of retrospective how do they look at what they've done? If they if they have characters, maybe that like a companion character that has gone along with them and say they do really crappy things, how does that side character really look at them and go in like you just you just like warped his mind. You like took him and you broke him in the same way that a grappler would. Like is that something you personally can justify? Do you feel okay about that? Like, you just talked that guy out of his entire wealth. Or you put him in a situation where he is going to have consequences as a result. Or the shortcuts you take. What is the, what is the cost of your success? And I think that is always a wonderful arc to follow up on. Thank you for that message, Adon. And uh, yeah, very interesting stuff there. We, you know, we we have a character. I think I mentioned when we were talking about all this back in our bronze versus gold episode that uh, we have a character in our game who he just sort of like he's got a he's an investigation supernal solar, which is kind of strange, but he has all of these charms that just let him just without rolling anything he could tell if somebody's lying and then he could just like force his will on people like he there's no there's no chance the way that normal human beings are set up like you know they have like resolves of like two you know he's going to break them and just make them do whatever he wants to in a social situation and it does feel monstrous 
And it, you know, just like you said, it's like a grappler just having his way with somebody. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, now in, in one way, absolutely a solar, like a dawn cast solar, he ought to be able to pick up any normal person. And it doesn't matter what that person cares, you know, what that person wants. Like the solar just make, he'll bend his body into a pretzel and it doesn't matter what the person <laughs> thinks. And if that's the case with the physical nature of a person, it also kind of should be the case with the social nature of a person. But it does just like a, just like a solar holding a, holding a person and bending their body into a pretzel it feels monstrous when you do it to someone socially where you're just like you can't hide anything from me Uh, i'm going to tell you exactly who you're to love and what you're going to start thinking about this and you're going to obey me i'm going to break down your willpower so that you do these things it's uh it's it's that's some pretty heavy stuff i think the monstrous (laughs) aspect of it is that you are you are warping someone to their core. Yeah. I mean, like if you break their arm, that's one thing, you know, th- that'll heal. But if you like, if you change some the way people think and how they feel, you right. have completely, I mean, you've completely altered the person. They are no longer what they once were. So right. yeah, that's why it feels so bad to do yeah. that. Yeah. And I don't know if it feels bad from the player's side as much like try it as a storyteller sometime. Uh bring a character that you've created in, you know, an NPC into the story and uh have them interact with the solar and then have the solar just like dominate that and it feels bad. Like if you don't feel bad as a solar doing it, you should feel it from the other side. It's like, man, I don't have anything. I don't have anything that this character can do to stop this person from just like steamrolling all over me or what if if you what if you showed the players the effect like let's say uh from the third person and that's what adon was saying like the effect like the effect on the person yeah well what what i was thinking was like maybe you have an npc that the players really get attached to and then Mm -hmm. have an antagonist uh do something to this npc and the players actually see how much they're you know companion friend or whatever has been changed by the antagonist like they walk right. in on the npc like you know whatever murdering his entire family because yeah, he or thinks just that's weeping. now the right thing to do yeah just sitting on a on a street corner just weeping somewhere like what is it and it's like and, and as he's like spilling his guts to you it's all the things that you caused him to start thinking that's led him to such disastrous results you know it's like oh, or it's no, like you know, one of those scenes where it's like i told him everything i couldn't stop you know yeah. like i told him who you were where you where you are and they're coming for you you know and then the, <laughs> and the guy feels so bad because he could, you know, these are his friends, but he turned them over to like some dragon blood wild hunt that was asking about right. where the solars were and the, the dragon bloods kind of broke him and made him tell it, you know, and not physically. He's like, right. I just couldn't stop myself. I was just telling him everything. I could right. see myself doing it, but couldn't stop. You know? Right. Well, you know, one of the ways it's just speaking about this, like absolute power kind of monstrous thing. One way that I kind of made that backfire on the character in our game who does that is that, you know, I set up this situation where uh, this this other NPC had contacted a spirit of um, like a like a love spirit to try to he's essentially trying to do is like cast a love spell on this girl that he likes. And, uh, and, and there was already a bit of a love triangle between the two guys and the girl. And so like the, the NPC guy is like 
you know trying to get this love magic thing going on like like he he contacted a spirit called honeymoon and like tried to get it tried to get this like spell cast and then when the solar like finds out about it he turns on all of the investigation charms to just like pull the truth out of like what used to be his best friend and it, it, he it just brought him to tears like just confessing everything but then when they found out what they found out at the end was that the the this is the way i kind of humbled the solar was like the the spell didn't work the spirit did not do what he had asked him to do the girl just likes the other guy better <laughs> so like it was instead of like you know pulling out this deep dark secret and exposing it what he all what he what he actually exposed was like his own inability to measure up to his uh to his mortal friend you know so uh that Mm. was like you could do that as a storyteller sometime to just kind of you know pump the brakes a little bit on these guys who want to go crazy with their mind-altering charms and stuff but yeah (laughs) yeah that was a that was a good time i remember when that was when we were getting ready to set up that big reveal and i was like oh man i can't wait i can't wait till we get this anyway yeah (laughs) so thank you adon for your question and uh yeah y'all keep them coming we do have some more from adon that we'll look at in the coming episodes but um but that's going to just about do it for this week. And uh, we're going we're gonna to start trying something a little bit different here. Normally, we talk as a group about what we want to do, the different shows on. And, uh, and then we, you know, we sort of come to somewhat of a consensus that, all right, maybe this will be a good topic. What we're going to start doing from now on, though, is like just kind of give a no holds barred to each one of us taking turns. Like, I just get to pick something when it's my week. And I just pick it, and then we just do it. And then Jim just gets to pick something, and we just do what he picks. And then Charles just get to pick something so we're gonna start doing that from now on so the only thing different is me and charles get to pick something (laughs) yeah that's the real (laughs) difference here (laughs) that charles and jim get to pick for a change so uh yeah which i'm looking forward to i'm actually really really looking forward to it so uh anyway so hopefully we'll have a good one here coming up for you and charles will be back and it'll all be good but that's gonna about wrap it up for this episode so thank you for listening to the deliberative podcast on the run and now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best even if that wild hunt's trying to get you goodbye everybody see ya